let's jump into follow-up. Uh, who here, yes or no, yes, you feel entirely confident and think that your follow-up is amazing, or no, you feel, feel your follow-up is weak and, and could use a lot of improvement? And it wasn't rhetorical. I'm genuinely asking. If you think you've got strong follow-up, say it and shout it. But the vast majority of people feel that their uh, follow-up is is pretty terrible. Um, and and what's beautiful about it is that fixing follow-up is actually not very hard, um, and it's not very costly. It's just intentionality. Um, so basically, what we're going to cover today is follow-up. Um, and we're going to talk about first and foremost, you guys know, I don't believe in, uh, you just taking my word for it. I love to bring facts and data into everything that I do so that you kind of know, uh, why it's so important that we do what we do, what I teach. Um, it's not, oh, well, Robert believes this. No, it's what the data shows. And I'm going to give you the truth. And I'm going to give you the truth, hopefully in a way that really impacts your life, motivates you and gives you simple, practical steps to go and achieve what you want to achieve. So let's start off with why do follow-up? Well, the short and sweet of it is the little name that I coined for the headline, which is follow-up. How broke agents get rich and rich agents get more money and more time back. Um, I would venture to say that pretty much all of us fall into one part of that sentence or more. So why do follow-up? So I'm going to give you some stats that we're going to go over real quick. I'm going to breeze through them. There might be a little bit boring for you to hear these stats, but you do need to hear these stats. And the reason why is you need to teach your brain why follow-up is so important. Because if your follow-up's weak, but you haven't been working on it consistently, what that means is that you're not convinced that it's important. You can say it's important, but if your actions don't show that it's important, then you don't actually believe it's important. It's as simple as that. And that's okay. I'm hoping that with these facts and then with the teaching that comes after the facts, you'll leave here saying, wow, I understand why follow-up so important. And I understand what I can do today to improve my follow-up. How does that sound like a good way to leave the class? Yes? No? Does that sound like a great way for you to leave the class today? And um, if I'm a little bit uh, out of it and stuff like that, I've been sick and still am sick and the kids and wife have been sick too. So forgive me if I'm a little uh, out of it today. All right, why do follow up? All right, let's hit those stats, ready? By the way, you do not need to write down these stats. Um, I might do a slide with some of these stats. You don't need to remember stats like these. You just need to absorb them. So just listen close. 48% of salespeople, yes, that's you. Even though you're a real estate agent and you say, I don't sell people, I just build relationships. You are always selling something, including yourself. 48% um, of salespeople never even make a single follow-up attempt. Can you guys believe that? That means if you follow up with a lead one time, you've literally done more than about 50% of your peers. Unbelievable. 60% of customers say no four times before saying yes. Now remember, yes does not mean sale. Yes may mean the next step. Yes may mean the next part of the journey. It doesn't mean a sale. Don't get hung up on that. Oh, I just got to get them to say four, no four times so they can get them to say yes. Yes is just the next step. 80% of sales require at least follow five follow-up calls. Now, you might be thinking, I'm not a cold caller, Robert. Remember, this is follow-up. 
You're following up with people that you have already established some sort of relationship. It's a lead that you've talked to a little bit. It's a past client. Um, it's an introduction that someone made. So you should not be as afraid of making these calls as you might be with cold calling. This is not cold calling. You have their information and you got their information and you've had some sort of small or large uh, relationship built with them. 44% of salespeople give up after one follow-up call. Almost 50% of your peers give up after one call. Hopefully you're starting to realize how simple and easy it is for you to make a lot more money than the average agent. It's easy. It's just uh, dif difficult on the consistency and the self-control. 22% after two no's, 14% after three no's, and 12% after four no's. In other words, rejection, right? Basically, by the fourth call, uh, the vast majority of agents, over 80%, are done trying. Um, 35 to 50% of sales go to the agent that responds first. People are ready. Whoever meets their needs first, whether it's good, great, or even bad, oftentimes will still get the business. That is why first-time market in almost any industry is such an important role. Because um, if you can get to first-to-market, you can often have a subpar product. Um, but because you're first to market in an area that people need, uh, you can uh, acquire a lot of market share. Sales people who contacted prospects within an hour of receiving um, like an uh, uh, inquiry or something like that were 60 times more likely to qualify the lead as those who waited 24 hours or longer to contact. Um, so to be clear, remember that it said qualify. Qualify. That means to have a clear indication of where this lead is going. It doesn't mean a sale. Stop focusing on that. Just focus on step one. The sale will come um, in a later step. Uh, this is also why your follow-up should be on your calendar every single day, right? Last week, what did I tell you guys to do with the four things that should be on your um, calendar? Anybody remember what those four things were? Type in the chat if you remember. I'm curious to see who remembers. Follow-up was one of them, obviously. Every single day, not once a week, not once every two weeks, not once a month, or for some people, not once a year. Follow-up should be on your calendar every single day because you should be actively working leads every day, which means you should be following up with leads every single day. And follow-up, even if you get your lead gen like front-loading, follow-up is a consistent thing because people will trickle in for those. All right. This is also why you keep buffers between the meetings. Remember what I told you, try to have 10 to 15 minutes between your tasks on a calendar in the day. It's not just so that you, if you run over, run late. It also allows you the opportunity to come out of a meeting and say, you know what? I got to make a quick text or a quick call to that person. And it allows you to go do that without throwing off the rest of your schedule. When we throw off the rest of our schedule, it messes us with us psychologically. And we don't want to do that. And of course, also it messes up with the fact that you had things to do. This is also why you label the priorities for your tasks, high, medium, and low in a day. That way, when you've got a hot lead that you followed up with and they're ready to go or do something, you can look at your calendar and immediately see, oh, look at that medium thing, which means it has no deadline, but it does need to get done. I can move that to tomorrow and replace it with this high task of this follow-up. All that making sense so far? I know that was a lot of stats. Tell me if that was too much or if that isn't making sense so far. Again, we're going to get into a lot more. I just want to make sure that you're clear on kind of where I'm going with why we follow up to begin with. The numbers don't lie, by the way. 
Um, the numbers we have and the data we have around follow-up is massive. Uh, sales and sales calls, sales records, sales contacts are some of the most tracked uh, and data-driven things in the world. So these stats are extremely highly accurate uh, and very useful uh, if you use them correctly. Literally, like Larry just said in the chat, even if you suck at follow-up, if you do it, you're beating out half of your competition. Kid you not. I think that's one of the biggest secrets I had to success is I made sure to touch everybody in my database at least once. Uh, I think it was a week. And um, even as a new agent, I did it. And there were people who thought I was weird. People thought I was annoying. Um, and then there were people who closed homes. And I cared a lot more about the people who gave me business than the people who didn't. So, uh, yeah. So what do people say? Okay, so we just talked about sales and what sales records and sales calls and sales stats say. What do people say? Right. What's the stats around the people's perspective of sales calls and sales meetings and sales, things like that? Because remember, we're, we're going to use the word sales. It's a lot easier than me having to say real estate agent. OK, it's a little extra. If it's a product they want or need, 75 percent of online buyers. The reason why I choose online buyers is because most of your leads are going to come from online um, and online is a harder conversion ratio than in person. So I took the harder one. 75% of online buyers want to receive between two to four calls before you, the agent, gives up on calling them. Now, you might be thinking, what the crap did you just say? Did you just seriously tell me, Robert, that, that people want me to call them? Here, Remember, this is follow-up. It's not cold calling, which is different. If I turn around and I reach out to Larry... And, and I have a form online and I say, Larry, I'm really interested in getting pre-approved. And then I ghost him. If Larry gives up, one, he'll never know why. Why I ghosted him, why I even contacted him to begin with. But the other part of it too is that um, people haven't made up their mind. They don't make up their mind by filling out a form. Filling out a form is their way of like, what do you talk, getting their, dipping their toes in the water, okay? So, so in the case with you agents, you know, it might be someone who's like, yeah, I'm interested in buying a home. Maybe it's to get them pre-approved. Maybe it's to set them on a home search, right? Um, I'm sure a lot of you have clients that ghost you or leads that you're talking to and they just don't respond. They don't want you to give up. And here's why. A lot of people are uncertain about their choices and your consistency helps them to decide one way or another if it's a yes or a no. You guys follow me on that? It's a really important thing that you understand. They don't know. Chances are 99% of the leads that you're talking to right now have not made up their mind. And they need you to be consistent to help them make up their mind whether it's a yes or no. Your job is not to make them buy a house. Your job is to help them reason through whether now is a good time for them personally to buy a home or not or sell a home or not does that make sense you guys follow me type a yes or no in the chat if that makes sense it's a really important point that you understand that they have not made up their mind yet they're looking to you do you know why someone hires a real estate agent well yes robert it's to help them buy or sell their home it's to help them negotiate it's a, those are all after effect things the real reason why people buy or have an agent help them buy or sell a home is because they want someone to validate their decision. Because if, if they didn't need the validation, they would set, sell it themselves. They would buy it themselves. But when they ask for an agent, what they're saying is, is that I'm not sure that A, 
this is the best choice to make. So tell me this is the best choice to make or not, or B that I can do this on my own. So I need you. So when they're doing that, they're asking you to validate their decision to buy or sell a home to help them realize whether it's a good or bad decision. Okay. So this coincides with the data earlier that states 60% of customers say no four times before they say yes. In other words, people really do need time to make a decision. They need to hear the same message over and over again to reason it through. Um, now, to be clear, and we're going to get the, into this later, we don't hassle people and we don't push people. We're not a jerk. That's not our job, and I'm about to get into that. Um, so how do we know all this? Because 42% of people would have shown that they'll be encouraged to make a purchase if the sales rep called back, that's you guys, you're the sales rep, believe it or not, um, at an agreed upon specif specified time. Um, what, what that's saying is that people are looking for someone who keeps working to help them make a decision and then gets on the phone with them and actually helps them to make that final decision when they're ready, which is to move forward. 57% of people said they'd be encouraged uh, to make a purchase from a salesperson who isn't pushy or hassles, 57%. Um, that's pretty pretty staggering. That's roughly 60%. And, and a lot of your peers, the ones who do cold calling, are very pushy, are very salesy, especially if they're, um, they have ISA teams, uh, outsourced VA type of stuff. Nine times out of 10, they're hardcore script, push for the appointments um, type of thing. So remember, I, I got to keep emphasizing this. This is not cold calling. This is follow-up, right? Cold calling is a different topic. This is follow-up. None of these people should be cold. All right. Uh, let's see. 12% would like the company to try as many times as possible, uh, to as long as it takes, as many times as it takes, sorry, to get a hold of them. So guys, go ahead. For those who know, type out how many people total you have in your CRM right now. Do me a favor. For those of you who know off the hand, if you're using the tracker, it's in your tracker, so you should know right away. Just pull up that tracking big. Oh, it's X amount of people. Let's see who's got their numbers. Rakesh's got 400 plus. Nice. All right. Let's take um, Rakesh's. Let's say it's 400. All right. 400 times 12% because 12% of people want you to call as many times as it takes to get a hold of them. That's 48 people right now, Rakesh, that want you to be relentless but respectful in contacting them until you actually get a hold of them. So all of you go into your databases, look at the total that you have and times by 12%. And those are your hardcore people that are like, Listen, I'm busy, I'm distracted, but I really need to make this decision and I want you to help me make this decision. So keep calling until I you until you reach me. Now remember, the decision is not a yes. The decision is whether it's a yes or no. It's just making a decision. You need that. So the reason why I tell you that is, well, let me ask you, who was shocked by these some of these numbers? Finding out that 75% of people want to receive two to four calls, that 12% want them to call until you finally reach them, whatever it takes. How many of you are shocked? Yes, shocked, uh, or no, shocked, and not shocked at all. How about 57% want to make a purchase, uh, or would be more encouraged to purchase, um, 
as long as you're not pushy or hassle them. So any of these stats kind of shock you a little bit from their side of things? Pretty crazy, right? The thing is, is like these are stats that are based off of years and years of data. They're constantly being updated. You know, you might see some variances between them. It depends on uh, their target pool of people that they're pulling from uh, different industries. We'll have different conversion ratios. But overall, sales uh, and sales ratios are pretty consistent in a lot of industries. Larry, you're in a couple. You've, you've worked with a couple different industries. Would you agree that uh, across the board, um, we kind of see... Um, pretty consistent. Yes, uh, it's it's uh, it's it's almost to the point where uh, they're all the same industry when they're not. They're all buying different products: cars, uh, mortgages, uh, social media coaching. They're all different, but they all kind of almost have the same, uh, I guess, consistency in terms of the way the 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 numbers lay. Like the statistics are pretty consistent across the board. Yep, exactly. Thank you, Larry. So, so the reason why we say this, guys, is so that you, you don't get hung up on, on stuff that doesn't matter and you focus on um, the stats, the truth. There are people right now who do want you to call them. There are. Remember, this is follow-up. Don't confuse these stats with cold calling. That's a different set of stats, follow-up and cold calling. So maybe, Rakesh, you're thinking of cold calling stats, which are lower. Um while uh, follow-up stats are generally much higher. Um, so let's talk about what is follow-up. What is follow-up can be broken down into two categories, direct and indirect. Let's define those. Indirect means emotion-focused follow-up. It's a deposit into people's lives that hopefully invokes some sort of emotion and indirectly makes them think of you. I'm going to get into some of examples for each of these shortly. Now let's talk about direct. Direct is task-focused. Something to get them to take an action you want them to take, but that they feel benefits them. Ever hear that saying where you want to get someone to do something, but make it feel like it was their decision, right? So that's direct follow-up, what direct follow-up should be doing. Now, indirect and direct are kind of the way that you can differentiate between the two major methods of follow-up. How do we follow up? That is automatic or manual. Automatic is anything that you can set up generally once and then it goes and runs itself. Manual is obviously you have to go in and perform the action each time. Hopefully those are clear. If you need more clarity on direction, direct and indirect, automatic and manual, just type in the chat. What should you follow up with? All right, so now let's get into some case examples of what you can follow up with. And I'm going to breeze through a lot of this to hopefully give you guys some time for Q&A. I'm sure you'll have some. The class earlier had some. Direct. Let me give you some seller examples. Direct follow-up, which, again, remember, is task-focused, getting them to do something that you want them to do but make it feel like it was their decision. Home valuation, market reports, houses like theirs that sold. 
those are those are all things to where they have a direct thing that you want them to do you want them to look at the home valuation and have a conscious awareness of what their home's worth basically what they're missing out on you want them to look at the marker reports so it helps cut through their fear of what the media is teaching them and looks to you like you're a market expert you want them to know about the houses like theirs that sold in their neighborhood so they have fear of missing out fomo um, so that they feel self-conscious so that they're turning around and saying, man, why are people moving and we're not? They're taking advantage of the market and we're not, right? Here's some buyer direct ones, pre-approval programs. You want them to get pre-approved. So you want them to enroll into certain pre-approval programs through a great lender like Larry. Uh, you want them to, same for market reports. Um, how, you want them to see houses that they want that are available on the market, home searches. Now, I'm not talking about automatic home searches. I'm actually automatic is one of them. Uh, it's in twofold though. You do your auto search, but then you have a manual side to your auto search for your high intent clients. That means they're pre-approved um, and on an auto search. And that is you do a custom video where you pull out the perfect um, listings that you find and send them a video real quick. It should take you just two minutes, three minutes using Loom. Indirect, some examples of indirect. Holiday greetings. Pop-by gifts, handwritten cards, fun social events. These are indirect, right? This is a, them having fun and creating an emotional experience for them. It is not about business and getting them to perform a certain result that makes you money. 